Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 199 with Dr. Jenny Brekus. How are you today, Jenny? I'm really good. Really good, thank you. Now, we're just talking a little bit off air before, and you're in sunny Perth. What better place in the world to have a <laughs> pandemic happen? I, I think Perth is one of the most lovely places to be, and you're very fortunate there. We are indeed. It is a beautiful part of the world. We're very blessed to have everything we do. And if you're going to be in lockdown anywhere on the planet, I have to say that Perth is not a bad place to be because we've still got the beautiful bushland and the coast available to us. So um, I think it's actually been really uh, eye-opening for many people because all of a sudden they've had the opportunity and the time to get outside and be more active in, in nature and in the environment. You know, you see families going for cycle rides together. You see them walking down the, the beach together and doing all these things that they never had time to do before because they were so busy doing everything else. Yeah. So it's actually been a, a big positive in that way. So I think you no know, no matter how bad the, the crisis is and nobody can take away the, the terrible things associated with it, I think there are a few silver linings. And I think if we can hold on to those good things that have come out of this time, then that's, that's actually going to be of benefit to us all. Oh, 100%. And I know, I think, I don't know if it's the same in Perth, but in Melbourne, you can't buy a bike because all the shops are sold out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like people are advertising, does anyone have a spare bike? And I think that is fantastic. Yeah. And you yeah. see people, you know, doing things that they normally wouldn't because they're allowed to slow down. They've got more time. They may not be commuting. So have you noticed that as well? That um, I found at the start, probably people are happier. Maybe in the last month, it's gone the other way. I think people are realizing that our life has changed and that, you know, it's it's not all rosy and it may be like this for a while. But um, on a positive, like you just said, it is fantastic to see people getting out, enjoying nature and doing it as a family. Doing it as a family. But I've also noticed, because I'm, I'm a dog walker, we've got a couple of dogs, so I'm out and about every day. And um, other dog walkers are always pretty good at saying, hello, how are you, and interacting. But what I've noticed is that the non-dog walkers are also now much more willing to engage in eye contact and say, hello, good morning, good afternoon, whatever. Uh, whereas before they just walk straight past you and not yeah. notice that you're even there. So I think, yeah, there's, there's been this sort of need because we are social creatures. We need this, this sense of we are connected to other people around us. And especially during lockdown where we weren't uh, at work or interacting with all our colleagues in the same way, just getting outside was a fantastic opportunity to go, oh, hello, there's a human. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling across the other side of the street. Yeah. <laughs> and I think and, we, we miss that. that. Good. Yeah, mm. we miss that human connection really, don't we? And I think we people do. are starting to realise that. And I've got a dog as well and I do that every morning with my wife. And I sometimes scare people because they don't, <laughs> sometimes, they, sometimes they just don't want to say hello to any. And I'm like, I, I agree. I think people are being more receptive to that now because yeah. they, they can see they're missing something in their life. And that is... The connection that I think we took for granted going to work, yes. seeing people every day. We, we don't have that now. No, that's exactly right. But it is also a cultural thing because I've got a family in the UK and I was sharing this, this insight with, with my brothers and they looked at me a bit strangely and they said, Jenny, 
people would think you were a bit weird if you did that <laughs> in England. I said, seriously? I said, no, no, everybody here is now saying hello, 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 and actually stopping to have a, a brief conversation. And they said, well, we're not, we're not quite ready for that yet. So anyway, <laughs> the Brits have got a bit of work to do, perhaps. They do. Um, but, but, you know, we're all different. But I, I do think the, the need for human connection is so real and so important to our, our mental well-being that I think at this time especially, it's really important that we have the opportunity to have that that one-on-one contact or one-to-a-few contact. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so true. So, Jenny, let's get into a little bit of your background. Do you want to sort of give a bit of a paint the picture for our listeners? Because we've got listeners all over the world and your yeah. resume is so impressive. So <laughs> I thought, what better way to do it than let you do it instead of me <laughs> butcher it? Um, I thought, okay. why not paint the picture for our listeners if that's all right? All right. No, sure. Um, so my, my background is that um, I've worked in the health area all my life. Um, I'm a medical practitioner. I worked as a GP here in Perth for many years, ran my own group medical practice, loved my work, loved my patients, loved making a difference to help restore health and well-being. Um, but over a period of time, I realized that there was something missing and too often there were a couple of things. One, I felt that I was putting a band-aid onto a problem rather than really getting down to the nitty gritty of why has this occurred? And of course, in general practice, there's not always the time to delve a bit deeper. And the other insight that I had was really so much of the chronic illness and disease that we deal with in our society is as the result of poor lifestyle choices that we make because we're so busy, we're so stressed, we're so pressured for time. And so we're rushing around like headless chooks. And it's not that we don't know what's good for us. It's just that we don't prioritize it for ourselves. And I think as as a woman, and I, I recognize this, that women especially always put everybody else first. I'm not saying that, that blokes don't, but- No, I no, 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 go for it, yeah. <laughs> we, we're always putting up people first and we put ourselves right down the bottom of the priority list and so if there's time and energy left over we might get round to a little bit of self-care but of course that doesn't usually happen so <laughs> so I got more into this health and well-being space but beyond the usual um, diet and exercise because for me well-being incorporates you know how we think how we feel and how we interact with other each other so it's it incorporates general health, mental well-being, and our ability to get on well with other people because it's our relationships, which I think are absolutely critical. Mm, so true. I, I say this all the time, and people probably listening to these episodes get sick of it, but relationships <laughs> are the number one key in whatever you do. Uh, and I, I don't care what that is. And like you just said before, I think busy people use that as a badge of honor. But I think what yeah. they're realizing now that you don't need to be busy, but you do need to really foster and work on those relationships because without those, you've really got nothing. No. And, and I think it's now becoming well recognized how much loneliness is a big issue in our society. Um, and of course, lockdown hasn't helped that. No, of uh, course. And now, and, and I'm not saying that just because you choose to live alone that you're automatically lonely because it doesn't work like that, but it's that sense of disconnect from other people. You can be around other people and feel incredibly lonely because you just don't feel like you belong. You don't really fit in. And, and it's not a good place to be um, physically or mentally. So I think, you know, it's really, really important that we do look at 
how to nurture our relationships so they're, they're helpful to us and supportive to us. Because in times of um, adversity, like, you know, living through a pandemic, it's, it's, and they, and they keep telling us, you know, we've got to come through this together. And it's true. Mm. We, we can achieve so much on our own, but when we come together, we amplify our ability to produce the result we want to see. And it, it provides us that support that is so important to us. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and I suppose the hardest thing is for people right now that we've never been taught, oh, this is the second or third pandemic we've been in. Do you know what I mean? As a, <laughs> as our generation, this is the first time we've been in it. And we don't really understand what it's going to be like. So I've read studies and I know loneliness is an all time high and it's probably going to get higher, Jenny, to be honest, which is yeah. very sad. So what are some strategies or ways that people can overcome that or feel more connected with being in a pandemic, I suppose? Yeah, it's, well, I think one thing is that we can use technology to our advantage, like we're doing right now. Correct, yeah. Now, I've always been an advocate for not spending too much on screens because <laughs> I don't think that's helpful for us. Um, but I've had to sort of reconfigure how, how I think about this because Zoom and Skype, uh, FaceTime and all these other abilities to, to communicate with each other online has been an absolute game changer. And, and it's enabled me to stay in contact with the people that I want to stay in contact with, not just family and friends, but to run a business as well. Mm. Because, you know, um, and if you think about the education sector, where all of a sudden it was like, oh, the children aren't in the classroom, but we need to connect <laughs> with the kids. We need to sort of make sure that they're okay and they're actually learning something. Um, so everything has moved online. So I think um, we, we, can, we can overcome loneliness if we use technology appropriately, but and use it not just to bombard people with lots of information, but to actually ensure we can still engage and, you know, by asking questions, looking for the interaction and things like that. So technology we can use. Um, we've already talked about getting outside and meeting people. Uh, I think combating loneliness is about choosing to focus out rather than focusing in. When you feel lonely, we tend to sort of shrink and become smaller. And it's, and it's much harder to find the motivation to reach out. But as soon as we reach out and do something for somebody else, it's a win-win because the person that you're helping feels the benefit of that and they're grateful. And it actually has been shown by all the studies that it actually makes us feel better too. It helps to reduce, reduce some of that stress and anxiety. So, you know, by reaching out and connecting, it's, it helps everybody. Yeah, and I suppose it's all well and good for us to say this, but it is so true. If you are feeling down, go for a walk. And that's where I think a dog's mm. fantastic. But like you just said, kindness. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like kindness yeah. is something that – and people are lonely and you are listening. I know it sounds ridiculous, but not only will you make somebody else's day better, but the feeling that you get from doing something kind for somebody else, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing along with the kindness is, is to be grateful for what we do have. Um, because at the moment, you know, we're bomb being bombarded by all this negative media stuff and it's all horrible and more bad news and it's worse than yesterday. And you think, oh, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. But that wears us down. It's exhausting. Sometimes we need to tune into the good stuff. And the best way to do that is to express gratitude. And again, not easy to do when you're in that place of feeling a bit down and a bit alone. But taking that pen and a notepad and just writing down three things that you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be anything huge or 
life-changing, just something you're grateful for. Maybe you're grateful you've got a roof over your head. Maybe you're grateful that you've had a hot meal today. Maybe you're grateful that, you know, you've got a great relationship with your partner. But, and it's, and again, all the research shows that by putting into place those little small habits of positivity, they build and they pay us back with compound interest. So Mm. a little bit of gratitude, remembering that, you know, it might be gray and cloudy today, but there's still blue sky above actually does start to make us feel better. And as soon as your mood is feeling a little bit better, you can cope much more easily with whatever's coming your way. Yeah, you it doesn't can. get you and down so much. No, it doesn't. And gratitude's been around for centuries. There's nothing new. Yeah, um, yeah it's nothing new. Few, <laughs> no, it's not, but but it's so important. And as you said, now yeah. more than ever, there it's very easy to focus on the negatives because there are a lot of those around. But if you take mm. time, and it's only two or three minutes a day, and I believe start yes. your morning with that. So you start on a positive, and then before you go to bed, you go to bed feeling great about the things you do have. And that's one thing I love asking, you know, people I have on here, Jenny, do you have a morning routine or non-negotiables that you know start your day so it sets up to be a positive one my my non-negotiables um there are quite a few of them actually <laughs> let's, let's go let's get the list out i love okay. this <laughs> for me um i can't start the day right unless i've had a good night's sleep mm-hmm. sleep is so underestimated um as as an important part of our well-being and you know it's it's really important that we get out and about and it's good that we eat well, but getting a good night's sleep is absolutely essential for regulating our mood, keeping us awake and alert, mm. and it makes everything so much easier. So uh, what I've noticed over the last few months especially is a lot of people who would normally be sleeping well haven't been. They're finding it harder to fall asleep or they're waking up more often or they're having these really vivid dreams um, <laughs> which is just our mind sort of trying to make sense of what's going what's on. What's going on? What's going on? What is happening? <laughs> so, so for me, I have to get a good night's sleep. Otherwise, I know I'm not going to be my best shiny self in the morning. So that's number one. Secondly, I always like to get outside as soon as I can into some sunshine, preferably. Which Being you get a lot Earth, of it. We're often blessed lucky. with sunshine. Very lucky. <laughs> so my, my usual routine is to get up, have a quick drink of, you know, I like, I like just a glass of water to get me going because otherwise I drink too much tea. So, <laughs> so I have a quick glass of water, then the dog's on the lead, out the house, and we go for that early morning walk. And it's just my, my grounding, my setting up for the day. So I do that. And I know that the days that I incorporate that walk, I'm always so much better, more productive. Um, and I feel better at the end of the day than on the days where I haven't had the chance to do that. Mm. And maybe the, I still try to get the exercise at another time of the day, but you know how life is sometimes it, it does. Mm. Mm. I, I, yeah, um, I understand that. And I suppose like, yeah. like you just said, you've already had a win, I suppose, before you've done anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. it's nice to walk your dog because that's what <laughs> they, they can't go and do it themselves. And I think it's a little no. bit unfair if we don't do it. They'll look at you all, all day. They're, they're always ready. They're always waiting. It's the, the wagging of the tail <laughs> and the look of the eyes. And you think, oh, I can't ignore that look. <laughs> Because the look of disappointment on their face is, oh, no. <laughs> so, so true. And, and one thing you just said, I, I think when people, like, we need to exercise, yes, we do, but that doesn't mean that you need to do an hour of running or high-intensity training. The power of walking, and I've only, I've only figured this out in the last couple of years, but what walking does to me, it clears my head, it allows me to think, 
and it it's nice on my body. I feel really good after yeah. it. Is, is, yeah. is that what you find? Absolutely. We underestimate how important walking is. And most of us walk somewhere, somewhere during the day. Um, so yes, I agree. Well, you know, the gold standard is, you know, 150 minutes of aerobic exercise over a week. But you can do that with a brisk walk. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be in the lycra, down the gym, pounding it <laughs> and, and feeling that you're getting all hot and sweaty. Just, just uh, for me, being outside, doing a brisk walk in the sunshine, in a green space is absolutely critical for my well-being. And, and again, we know now that because so many of us spend so much time indoors, we're not getting outside enough. And it's, it's being in the sunlight and it's being in a green or a blue space. So either a park um, or, or down on the beach, depending on where you live, uh, is actually critical for our mental well-being. And so that two hours of getting outside, whether it's for a walk or a cycle or whatever, if we can do it outside, we get the double bonus of it boosts our feel-good hormones, especially the serotonin, which is yeah. really good for feeling happier, more content, and in control of the situation. So, so that which that's important. yeah, which we all which we all really need at the moment. And <laughs> one thing I one thing I said, Jenny, is that a lot of people commute, you know, forty-five an hour every day. And I I've said, why don't you use that time now and walk for that period of time? You know, like start yes. your day with that, finish your day with it, and and a lot of time you can listen to podcasts like this great one, yes. or you can listen to audio yes. books, or you can just simply go and do not take your phone with you or any devices. And just enjoy being outdoors and being present. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think when we're outside, all of a sudden we're able to engage with all of our senses because we're so sort of busy thinking about stuff. We often just don't see. Um, and I do that all the time, I have to confess. <laughs> <laughs> Walking around, my head in the clouds. And oh, my husband says, oh, did you notice that? No. no. Um, <laughs> but when we slow things down, it does allow us to take note of you know, you feel the warmth of the sunshine in your skin or you notice the wind in the trees or you see what other people are doing around you. And like you say, it keeps you more present. And, and that's mm. a great way to feel more grounded and to alleviate that stress because we're not worrying about what's going to happen next and we're not concerned about what's just happened. So we're in the, in the present moment, being more mindful. And I, I, One of my other sort of go-to things that I do is meditation every day. Well, that's the intention every day. Mm-hmm. And I used to do it in the morning, but then I had this, this, this choice to make because I like to exercise in the morning. I feel better with that. So what do I do? Because I didn't always have the time to do the exercise and the mindfulness meditation. So I had this sort of choice to make. And I, in the end, um, I tried to do both and that just didn't work. <laughs> I had to be up at three o'clock in the morning to make that fit into my day. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen because I need to sleep too. <laughs> so um, I do the exercise in the beginning of the day. And I keep the mindfulness for later in the day. And that, that works for me. But I think it's, it's recognising we're all different. Mm. Working out what works for you is what's important. So, you know, I could say, oh, if you do these five things, you'll feel absolutely fantastic. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Because what's important for me isn't necessarily the most important thing for you. So I think it's about understanding what we need as individuals and, and go with that. Mm. And give ourselves oh. permission to undertake it. Yeah, and, and so true. And, and, and that's a great, uh, I think, analogy. Do not compare yourself to somebody else because 
you know, people eat differently, people exercise differently. You've got to find yeah. what actually works for you. So I think everything you've just mentioned there are non-negotiables. You've got to get your right sleep. You've got to exercise. You've got to take time to meditate if you want or find other ways to become present in the moment. Um, and yeah. everybody can do that differently. Um, so yeah. when you say that, people people often trying to figure out how can I get the best out of every day? What would be your, sort of your tips? I know you've said exactly what you like to do there, Jean, but how do you recommend people figuring out a routine or is it is it just trial and error? Is that sort of the, the way to go about Basically, it? Basically, yeah. It, yep. I mean, you... You only you know what your what your routine is normally and how much you've got to try and fit into that, that period of time. And if it's always already chock a block full, most people are going, Oh my goodness, well, how am I gonna fit all these other things in? But I think if we understand that it's often making one small change at a time, and by keeping it small, it makes it manageable, it makes it more likely that you'll actually do it. And then by repeating it, creating that new neural pathway in our heads, we create that new habit where it just becomes part and parcel of what we do. It's no longer that added extra thing that we've got to fit in somehow. We're all just, we're, it's like brushing your teeth. I mean, if, if we had to sort of remind ourselves all the time to, oh, I must brush my teeth today, I must brush my teeth today. <laughs> um, breath, I think your breath would know. Your breath would probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think it's, uh, again, it's about, what's most important to you and then saying okay well if i've got three things which really matter which is my number one and make sure i tend to that and just spend a little bit of time maybe it's five ten minutes addressing that so if it if it's that you need a better night's sleep what could you be doing differently just to make that more likely to happen and i understand if you have small children or puppies or something like that that's always going to be a challenge but there's other things that we can do for ourselves because often, uh, especially with sleep, it's taking the opportunity to go to bed. And, and people look at me a bit like, what? And I say, well, yeah, you are in charge of when you actually physically get into your bed, usually. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you choose to go to bed maybe 20 minutes earlier than normal and do that consistently for three weeks, see what happens to your mood, your energy levels, and how you feel about things in general, and just see see what the difference is. Mm. I, these, I, and it's, it's those small changes. Well, it's it's very similar to goal setting. I feel. Do you know what I mean? If yeah, and that's why a lot of is. New Year's it resolutions is. are absolute yeah, yeah. BS, Jenny. Because <laughs> how can you sustain something for a whole year if you can't do it for a week? And that's essentially what exactly. you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I think it's important that you want to do it in the first place. Yep. Because, you know, we can be full of good intentions. That doesn't translate into doing or yeah. more than maybe once or twice. So it's got to be something that really resonates strongly with us. You think, yep, I actually really want to do this because it's important to me. And to understand why it's important to you. Because we all know it's important to do more exercise and, and sit less or spend less time sitting on our bottoms. But we need a really good reason why to do that. And if you know that you feel so much better or you know that uh, your class is, 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 you know, much more engaged and energized because people have been moving around more, then that's a good reason to include more movement. So it's, it's about knowing your why. 
Mm, yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. Now, I'm looking at you, and we've got I've got the pleasure of seeing your lovely face, Jenny, but also in the background, uh, I can see a bookshelf. And most people have books of other people. Yours is full with your own books, which is, I think, a testament to you and the quality of everything you produce. And one of them in particular is a new one out. Do you want to explain Thriving Minds and maybe some of the other books as well? Because I know people okay. are listening going, oh, where can we get more of Jenny? And, well, You've got a million books, so let's talk about them. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I've, I've authored a couple of books and I've got a new one coming out. Very modest. <laughs> Thank you for You're noticing. Very <laughs> <laughs> um, so the new one's called Thriving Mind. And I wrote it before the pandemic really to address the, the problem I see with overwork, overwhelm, and too many people feeling so stressed out, anxious, and sometimes burnt out. So it's really to try and address some of those problems by putting in place those small, simple strategies that some of which we talked about that can help you feel better physically, mentally and, and cognitively. So we think better, too. And uh, then the pandemic struck <laughs> just as I was delivering the manuscript. And I said to the editor, I said, um, do you think I ought to make mention of that? And he said, yes, please. <laughs> so I've I because. Um, I mean, 2020 has been an extraordinary year for so many reasons, not all brilliant. Mm. Um, but, you know, we started off with the bushfires. Yeah. And, horrific. you know, the, the, you know, what we dealt with going through that and then sort of went straight into the pandemic afterwards. So I see that the book is very timely to, to help people to sort of find the way to move out of just being a survivor because we're very good at surviving. We're great at surviving. That's what human beings can always do. But moving from that survival piece into the thrival piece takes more, more effort. And it takes sometimes the self-awareness and also the awareness of what you can be doing, what you're capable of. And so I'm hoping that the book actually sort of demonstrates some ideas, um, different techniques that people can take on board and say, oh, actually... I've been doing a bit of this. Maybe I can do a bit more or, oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to try a new, a new regime. So that's, that's what the book is all about. And that's who yeah. I've written the book for. Perfectly. And I know things don't happen for a reason, but it sounds like the pandemic was sort of exactly what, what the book was about in a way, in a nutshell, you it know, was. like slowing yes. down and, and finding ways to enjoy everything you're doing. Um, did Absolutely. that, did that take much, did you have to change much in the book with the obviously no, coronavirus? I didn't. Isn't no, that amazing? No, I know. <laughs> you must have seen this coming, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Because my, my, my thing is I want to help people to be happier, to know what it takes to thrive, but also to feel fully human because I think sometimes, you know, we're, we treat ourselves like a machine. We push ourselves so hard. Um, I mean, it's, it's good to enjoy your work and want to do well, but sometimes we forget to not push quite so much because, you know, it just leads to, to more problems. So it was really, that was what I was looking to address, how to help people be happier, uh, more thriving and, and better humans or happier mm. humans. Yeah. Right. I love that. And we'll have links at the end of the, uh, on the show notes, episode 199 for where you can go and get that book. But also I think one thing you just mentioned there, Jenny, is that are people realizing now that you are not your work and that, um, and I think sometimes we, we hold ourselves with what our accolades are, what our title is. Um, I think that's sort yeah. of changing though. People are starting to realize that it doesn't matter. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. 
and um, as as a uh, a perfectionist, <laughs> high achieving workaholic, I can yeah. say yes, that's very true. <laughs> It's good to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's good to say yeah, that. So, yeah, a little bit of self-awareness goes a long way because I've, I've fallen foul of it myself. And uh, I've always been somebody who believes in you know, doing the very best and, and working hard. Um, but I too have also experienced that But pushing for too hard for too long is actually damaging because I experienced burnout a couple of years ago. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I mean, mm. it's it's... It's such a waste of, of potential and it's so damaging, not just for the person experiencing burnout, for every, but for everybody else around them, you know, their, their family, their friends, their colleagues. Uh, and, and yet we're, we're inflicting it on ourselves. It's really weird, isn't it? Mm, yeah. um, because we've bought into this notion that we can only be successful if, if we're working really, really, really hard. And, and, and I do believe that some effort is required, <laughs> but it's about balance. And I think too often, especially in the corporate world, we're seeing a loss of that balance and it's, it's leading to higher levels of stress and anxiety is just going bananas. And there's so much anxiety out in society and it's not good. It's not good for anybody. And I'm particularly concerned about the level of anxiety in younger people that we're seeing. And they're the ones who are going to be dealing with the aftermath of this pandemic. They're the ones who really need our support um, and help to know how to manage and move forward as, as we move into the post-pandemic world. Yeah, so true. And, and anxiety for me, it's a silent killer because absolutely deep down people, I don't even think sometimes people realize that they are anxious because no. it's, that, it's that flight or flight method that they're just so used to living with it. They're so used to... Yeah just living on the edge of their seat that they don't actually know that they're going yeah. through that, do they? No, that's right. It becomes your normal. And when it's your normal, why would you think it's anything else? Um, <laughs> and I have to confess, I ended up going to see my dentist about six weeks ago because I had terrible earache in my left ear and pain in my upper jaw. And I thought, oh, I think I'm getting an abscess or a tooth infection or something. And I thought, oh, this isn't very good. And this is okay to go to the dentist and all that sort of going through yeah, my mind. Anyway, I go to the dentist and she has a look and she said, Jenny, um, have you been grinding your teeth a little bit recently? <laughs> and I thought about it and I thought, oh, actually, as soon as she said that, I thought, goodness me, I've been so tense recently. I've been going around my jaw crunched together. And that was what was causing the pain. It was because I was, I was uptight and I was so <laughs> anxious, but I hadn't really realized that was what was going on in my body. Isn't, yeah, well, that's, scary. Um, it is. Yeah, <laughs> no, it definitely is. So mm. what, what is that just because of everything that's obviously changed? And I, yeah, I, I can, so. it just, that yeah, was your I, way of I dealing think, with it. Yeah, our, bod, our body reacts to to the changes in our environment. And sometimes it affects us in, in, in a bodily way. So, you know, if somebody's got acute anxiety, they might feel a pounding in the chest and they feel a bit hot and sweaty or they feel a bit sick. Um, but chronic stress builds up over time and it's like a stealth bomber, it's sneaky. 
So mm. it can it, it, it disrupts our normal behavior. It can make us a little bit sort of touchy and irritable and disturb our sleep pattern. But also we start to build this muscle tension in our body. And a lot of us carry it in our necks and our shoulders. Well, I happen to hold it in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh. but, and of course, when you know that's what's happening, then you can do something about it and address it. But and it's always good to not let it get to that stage <laughs> by putting in place those, those daily practices like the meditation practice, like the exercise, like getting outside. Um, but, you know, you can do all the right things and still be, uh, you know, at risk of experiencing higher levels of stress and anxiety than you would, you know, feel comfortable with. And then that just reflects the fact we're human beings. Yeah. There's nothing so right true. or wrong here. It's just we're human and yeah. we're living through extraordinary times. And it's having an effect on us. And and thank you for sharing that, Jenny, because I think a lot of the time people will see, you know, I run a podcast, you do a lot of speaking, you do books, we're, we're the face and people don't always see that things affect us as well. And I know recently I've shared that, yeah, I've had a few rough weeks, you know, because everything going on like everybody else, how important is it to show that vulnerability? I know Brene Brown is massive and I love her work, but how important is it to express that at the moment so people can... Because a lot of time you have this barrier, this guard up, and if you don't yeah. actually allow yourself to be human or normal, people are just going to yeah. assume that life's good and that you're dominating all the time. But that's not a good way to be either, is it? No, no. And and I think that's, this is why I sometimes rile up against people just say, oh, just think positively, because that's, <laughs> that's a nonsense. Because yeah. life isn't smooth and we have ups and downs. And uh, what I talk about in the book is that in order to feel happier, you have to know what it feels like to have experienced the other emotions that go on in our life because that enables us to effectively deal with them, but it also helps us to recognise what it takes to feel in that happier space. So showing your vulnerability, telling somebody that you're not feeling the greatest is not a sign of weakness. Uh, and it does take courage sometimes because we, we feel that we've always got to put on our happy smiling face and we're not always feeling happy and smiley and that that's okay because we are human and i think you know if you've got a trusted friend a confidant a, uh, a parent or a sibling that you feel comfortable talking to this is when it's really important to say you know what uh today hasn't been so great or this week hasn't been so great because sometimes it's more than just one 24 hours uh, but by by being able to express our feelings it, it helps us to feel better in ourselves, knowing that somebody has heard that not everything is okay, because then they can support you and do something to make you feel better. Whether yeah. it's just to sort of share a cup of coffee together, maybe go out for a walk together, you know, all those simple things. Sometimes just having somebody to be with you is really, really supportive because you're not looking for them to fix your problem. Uh, and I think sometimes people can fall foul of that where, Oh, well, let me do this and make it all right for you. No, 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 no. We Doesn't don't work want that. Like that. It's just, mm. I just want you to hear that I'm not feeling the greatest. Mm. Uh, and so true. And a lot of what I've found as well is that in the last few weeks, like I said, I, I've told a few friends that yeah, I'm not going that well. And what that does as well is it allows them to go, I'm not either. And you know, and yeah, it's not about, right. it's not about fixing people. You can't fix no. these things, but it's about understanding. It's about being a little bit empathetic and just listening because that's a lot of, a lot of time we just need someone to listen to. Absolutely. Yes. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, yes. I think the gift of paying attention and really hearing 
what somebody is sharing with you is, is a fantastic gift that we can get better at. And sometimes just knowing when to zip the lip and just open the ears and, uh, you know, it, it, it makes the other person feel heard, which is, you know, uh, very respectful. And it also enables you to get a truer understanding of what that other person is going through. And of course that does really, you know, make us feel more empathetic. And when you've got that sense of empathy, then you can work with the other person just to make them feel a little bit better in some way, some small way, just being yeah. there. And mm. just being there, just, I, I think it's gradual steps. You're not going to solve everyone's issues. And, and sometimes no. it's not going no. to, you won't even know the difference you make by just simply listening. The power of listening without just already thinking about what you're going to say, because then you're not already yes. listening. Mm. Yes. I think, I yes. think that's take, we, we do take that sometimes, Jenny, that, I am listening and I can I solve this. I can sort that out. And I know I used to do this all the time that I'll be able to help you. I know what to say, but now just shutting my mouth, that's what actually works best. Yeah. And I can tell you as a doctor, it's very hard to shut your mouth sometimes because you've always got the answer. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you need to be doing right now. <laughs> I can imagine, Jenny. I can imagine. Um, I absolutely love that. So now... I don't want to take up all your time because I know how busy you are and I really appreciate your time and everything you shared today. So where's the best place to find your books, find, I know you've got courses, um, or just get yeah. in contact with you. Where, where can we do sure. that? Because you do, um, you're doing a lot of online stuff. I know that yes. you do a lot of keynotes and seminars around the world, which we can't do at the moment, but that's not stopping you. No, that's right. So, um, and I love to hear from people. So if anybody's got a question or you know, a comment, just please get in contact with me. The easiest way is either through my website, drjennybrockers.com. So it's DR for doctor. Uh, or if, if they're interested in, in buying uh, or getting a pre-order for the new book, best way to do that is to go through Booktopia, to place an order, send me the receipt that says you've bought it. And then I will send a second signed and numbered co copy because I'm, I'm giving away 250 of those special second books to the first people that get on board and buy a copy. So. Wow. Alrighty. Well, guys, go and check that out. As I said, in the show notes, I will have link for obviously Jenny's website, but also a link to Booktopia where you can go and sign up and get one of those books. Uh, then you can give the one you purchase away as a present and keep the signed one. Amazing, Jenny. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for your time today. And I know what we spoke about today, somebody should be able to take something from that. And um, I always say action one thing. Don't go and try and completely change your morning routine or your sleeping or anything like that. Start small, do one thing and um, yeah, put it into place because then you know you can build on that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for the for inviting me to be on your podcast. I've loved it. Loved our conversation. Thank you, Jenny. Really appreciate it.